Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, episode 125, I've Got to Run. We've got three segments for you this week. First up, Alex and Zach go over the news and answer some listener mail. Then we've got an interview with Seren McNulty of Four Corner Games, creator of I've Got to Run, coming soon to Wii U. And finally, Neil and Donald break down the NWR March Madness Tournament. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to a brand new segment of Nintendo World Report Connectivity. I'm your host for this segment, Alex Kulafi, and joining me for a segment focused on news and a little bit of listener mail, Zachary Miller. Just like old times. Just like old times. All right. So we have three stories, uh, all of them equally or potentially equally interesting, Mm -hmm. and a couple of decent letters. The big news and the newest news are the NPDs for February 2014. The February 2014 software sales for both Nintendo 3DS and Wii U rose above February 2013 sales thanks to both DKC Tropical Freeze and Bravely Default. Wii U software sales were 180% higher than software sales of the previous February. 3DS software sales were 25% higher. Tropical Freeze sold 130k. Bravely Default was top 10 of the month overall, even counting all the multiple SKUs, nice. digital and retail combined, uh, 200k units. Uh, Pokemon X and Y, 130k, which that didn't uh, rank, obviously. And based on Nintendo's statements that hardware sales were up 25% over the previous February, NeoGAF basically figured out that the Wii U sold around 82.5k this month. All right. See, 82,000 people were waiting for Donkey Kong. Well, here's the thing. Donkey Kong had been on shelves, at least by the time this closed, for eight days. Oh, okay. Which makes that 130K a little more impressive. Yeah, it does. Uh, So hopefully, maybe the March sales will see a little more Donkey Kong sales. Yeah. Uh, What did you, what do you take away from all this? I guess, I guess we should separate it into Wii U first, because, so the Wii U seems to be doing better. It's obviously not doing good. But uh, Donkey Kong seems like it's going to pad out the Wii U library sales-wise for at least a few months. I would hope so, because isn't it a few months till the next game we get? Yeah, May is Mario Kart, which mm. leaves three months with nothing other than oh, NES Remix 2. That hurts. No. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be another Wii U drought. I think the, uh, the only difference between this year's drought and last year's drought is that the games that are actually coming out are better games than the ones last year. Yeah. Because there was Game & Wario, and then there was LEGO City Undercover. I didn't play either, but uh, I can tell Mario Kart and Donkey Kong are probably better games than both of them. I agree. Uh, LEGO City is actually really good, but the... I mean, it's not brand-name cachet for a Nintendo system. Sure. And let's be real, those load times are game-breakingly bad. Are they really? Oh my god. Speaking of load times that are so bad, apparently huh. uh, people don't like the Donkey Kong load times that much either. I have a digital copy. Oh, I've heard I that. I had it that bad. But uh, some people are reporting load times of like 20, 30 seconds. Oh, Under, that's... 20, yeah. 30 seconds would be a blessing in Lego City. <laughs> Sounds like Mon Nation Razor's load time. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, flashbacks there. <laughs> PTSD. PTSD. Even on Vita. Even on Vita, they had bad load times. 
Yeah, I'm. I would chalk that up to the developer. Like oh, those yeah. were minute long load times for three minute races. Yeah. Oh boy, brutal. But the uh, the Wii U sales seem to indicate that it's a steady increase going up a little, up a little. Uh, do you think this is going to continue for the Wii U, or do you think it's going to straight up drop off by April until Mario Kart comes out? I, I think it's that one um, because people just don't have a lot to look forward to until Mario Kart, right? Right. I mean. Yeah, I, well, what I'm saying is the people who bought a Wii U for Donkey Kong have a good backlog of games to get, digital and mm-hmm. otherwise. Uh, but, um, you know, the people who did not buy Donkey Kong, didn't buy a Wii for Donkey Kong, they're probably waiting for Mario Kart. Yeah, and if they're not waiting for Mario Kart, they're waiting for Smash Bros. And who yeah. knows when that's coming out. So what do we got here? We got... uh. Mario Kart in May, and we got Smash Bros. Presumably in November if it comes out this year. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be more than one surprise E3 game that's going to be snugged up against that? Dude, there better be. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm thinking whatever Miyamoto's IP is going to be is what's going to go there. And then maybe they'll shimmy. Not a Bayonetta 2. Or not an X. Uh, maybe a Yoshi yarn. Maybe, maybe that's Yeah, I, whatever fine. happened to that game? Hopefully coming soon. Hopefully to uh to go against the bad buzz Yoshi's New Island has been getting. You know, real quick about Yarn Yoshi, um, it's just such a weird thing to con- like continue development on that game because Kirby's Epic Yarn just came out recent. I mean, not recently, but you know, it's it's immediately familiar. And then Yoshi's Island Two came out, so it's like we just got a Yoshi game, and we just kind of got a Yarn game. Right. So it's it's it when that when that screenshot date what like a year ago debuted I thought this is really strange. Yeah, and it really was just screenshots and I think maybe a tiny bit of footage with uh, no music attached. Maybe it was like a, te- a concept proof of concept. Yeah, <clears throat> I am hoping that when Nintendo shoves out a direct middle of next month, that game is one of the big highlights. Yeah, I I just hope for I want to see something, you know. I want them to say something like, "Oh, we we've actually got, you know, this download only Metroid game coming out today." You know? It's, it's got to be something something good like that because I mean, you're right. It's till May. I mean, once Mario Kart comes, I'm going to play the hell out of it, but May, dude, that's when Godzilla's coming out. <laughs> the Wii U can't compete. Cannot compete. <laughs> okay, so we also got the 3DS stuff. Uh, not too much interesting outside of the fact that Bravely Default charted. I'm like really shocked about that, but it's I it's a good it game. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, I didn't play it. I'm sure, I believe you, but it uh it did much better than Fire Emblem, or I guess enough better. Which is yeah, uh, that that that's surprising too because Fire Emblem like has a fan base already, right? Um. And Bravely Default is a completely new IP, but but on the other hand, Bravely Default is basically Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure that cachet brought in more people. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely also feeds into the Final Fantasy fan base a bit. I, I think some of those people are swarming towards Bravely Default too. Yeah. Because you pretty much can't hear the name of that game without hearing Final Fantasy. No, uh, and especially once you start playing it, it's clearly Final Fantasy. Excellent. All right. So next up, Club Nintendo March games uh, available through April 6th. 
on Nintendo 3DS, Kid Icarus Myths and Monsters have it. Uh, is 150 coins. The DSiWare title Number Battle is available for 200 coins. And for 200 coins, Wii U owners can get the Wii U Virtual Console version of Yoshi, the original <laughs> puzzle game. And Bonsai Barber is available through the Wii Shop channel for Wii U and Wii owners for 250 coins. That Kid Icarus is a little tempting. It's actually not a bad game. I have it. It's uh, I, it's yeah. better than the original. Not uh, a lot it better, seems easier. but it's better. Yeah, it's easier. Well, I maybe more accessible, too, is the bigger thing to take yeah, away. Yeah, although the dungeons still blow. I I believe it. It's just uh, when I briefly played it a long time ago, I just recalled the platforming not being as uh, demanding. Yeah, that's true. It's not. But it's, you know, it's... It's kind of one of those old Game Boy games where they were clearly trying to make the NES game on a Game Boy, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it works for what it is. I actually really like, for some reason, I really like the Kid Icarus 3D Classic, even though it's basically a straight port, uh, because the controls are better. You think that makes uh, all the difference? I do. I mean, it's still not a great game, but... <laughs> It's an interesting game. It like, is it, a very interesting game. It justifies its own existence. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, number battle, Yoshi. No, Bonsai God, Barber. no. Yoshi is awful. Oh. Yoshi's did, cookie would be better. Did Yoshi come out on the uh, the ambassador program? Yeah, I don't think it did. Oh, oh it, it did. did. I've got it on my 3ds right now. Oh yeah, that's that's with the uh, the egg, and then you collect the. Little monsters, like Goombas or yeah, yeah, yeah. squids or whatever. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure it's good to someone. I, I'm sure that just needs like an NES uh, remix. There you go. Uh, tutorial <laughs> to justify itself. Like, I'm sure there's a good game in there somewhere. I just haven't played it yet. Exactly. Okay. And last up, Yoshi's New Island reviews are live. It had a 63 meta score as of this morning. Hey. I gave it a 6. Don gave it a 7.5. There were a handful of scores over 80, but most were in the 4 to 7 range. Uh, lots of criticism. That 4 was the brutal. Music. Uh, there were more than uh, one 4, I think. There oh, really? The Edge 4, which was the most prolific, and a lot of people were uh, upset about. But, no, it's... Uh, that, that, that game's getting scores all over the board, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. But a lot of criticism towards the music, lots of criticism... Of the really low difficulty. Lots of criticism for bland bosses and level design. Some people like it. Uh, Don likes it a reasonable amount. Neil recommends it. Uh, I think Patrick Klepik, I was watching Bomb in the AM today. And he was talking about it like, basically, the game feels obligatory. Like, it, like <laughs> they're just, they're making another Yoshi's Island game for the sake of making a Yoshi's Island yeah. game. And they're, uh, they're basically trying to follow all the beats the best they can. And he described the art style as like an attempt at the crayon look that doesn't totally fail, but it doesn't have any of the personality of the original game. And I, I think that's pretty interesting. That game's got a, does that game just look better uh, in motion? Because screen in screenshots, it looks awful. It does. Here's what I'm going to recommend. If you have time to go on the eShop, Look at the 3D trailers of the game, specifically the oh, okay. one from E3 last year. I think it's like 6, 14, 2013 or something. The game looks a lot better and a lot, and you can see a more realistic version of the game. Okay. Uh, from that point of view. I'll do that. You know, it's it's the weirdest thing. I'll, I'll probably get this just because I liked 
obviously I when Yoshi's Island on SNES is is like one of my favorite games of all time. And Me then too. and then I really you know there was a lot of hate for Yoshi's Island DS basically for the same reasons like mm-hmm. oh it's a little graphically not as good and and it's basically the same game. I didn't care. It's just more Yoshi's Island. So that's kind of how I feel about reading these reviews because, like, across the board, the criticism has been, it's just Yoshi's Island again. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I think the interesting thing is that a lot of people, uh, and I I will include myself in that group, uh, would call out the new Super Mario Bros. games for releasing too soon after one another. Oh, yeah. And being too iterative. And I'm not going to say that's not true. It absolutely is true. But it's interesting that it's been like seven or eight years since the last Yoshi's Island game. Yeah. And that's not enough. That's not enough time. It's, it's, it's just another fucking Yoshi's Island game. I think, I, I wonder if, I wonder if part of the problem is that Yoshi's Island is on, is an ambassador game. So everyone just played it. Maybe. Um, I feel like if people like the game enough, they would want to play more. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I feel. Like I'll probably get it just because like I say, Hey, Yoshi's Island, whatever. Yeah. It did recreates the gameplay of Yoshi's Island perfectly. And like, it feels like a Yoshi's Island game, but it's a lot easier than the original Yoshi's Island. And the level design isn't quite there, especially the boss design. All the bosses are three hit kills. Basically. That sucks. You know, your, your comment about the music and your review made me sad too. Yeah, it uh, it doesn't do a good job of hiding the fact that it's all the same theme. Yeah, that's my big problem. The kazoo, I... yeah. Um, I you ever wonder like if that statute of limitations just doesn't exist on a game being iterative? <laughs> well, I was, no, we're, we're no, I was I was actually it. thinking about that today when I was drafting up a nerds and men, like uh-huh. like certain games. You know, we we all say we want. A sequel to be different we want it to be iterative and innovative but then you know like people love mario 3d world it's the same mm-hmm. game people love uh new super mario brothers u they say like oh this is the best version of new super mario brothers and and so if you change it too much i think people freak out like remember when people freaked out about metroid prime and then people well, yeah. and then and then after uh, other M came out. People freaked out about that because it was different. So I think if you, it, I think it's just kind of a weird balancing act where you got to keep enough of the past iteration, but change just enough. So it, it's really hard to say. And I think it, I think it's a different rule with different franchises. Like Mario can get away with being the same game. We give him, yeah. we give him shit, but. Mm-hmm but we still go out and buy it, right? Um, but I, I think a game like Yoshi's Island, which was so revolutionary on the Super Nintendo, it was so different, um, I think people must expect that. Uh, maybe, the, uh, maybe the trick is to basically keep all of the things that were great in the original game. Like Yoshi's Island, the egg throwing feels amazing. The, uh, the level exploration is amazing. Basically, keep those things in, make them better, and then change everything else that isn't the best part of the game. Yeah, sure. Well, and um, by the best part, I mean the entire gameplay. So it's still a Yoshi's Island game. Right. Just like, instead of making six worlds, why not uh, why not eight worlds? Why not yeah. four worlds that have 20 levels in them? I don't, I don't know. Or don't do the mole 
transformation because it's terrible. <laughs> it, that was only like one level in the original. It was, and it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but I sometimes I think about that because Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, sequel to DKCR, which is one of my favorite platformers, the reason why I like that game so much is because it does change a lot of things that aren't the core gameplay. And it does. Like, it really does. Like, have you been playing it? Oh, oh, you're talking about Tropical Freeze. Oh, well, we can talk about... In fact, Returns can follow the same principle. Yeah, Returns, especially Returns. Returns I played a good chunk of, and it changed... You know, it was very different, I'd say, from Donkey Kong Country. Right, uh, but it's still... In good ways, but it was still Donkey Kong Country. Right. Yeah. Well, 3D World, even though I'm sure I couldn't win a fight saying I didn't like that game, uh, the reason why I didn't like it is because the thing I love about 3D Land is how fast-paced and how short and how like how Mario 3-like yeah. those original levels were. And 3D World scraps that for longer, more sprawling levels. levels. Right, which is what I didn't like about it. Yeah, um, That's why I, I'm not a, buying it. You're right, it's all a balancing act. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. I, I think it really does. People have different standards for different series. Maybe uh, Nintendo will give Yoshi's Island the attention it deserves next time. Yep, with yarn. Maybe I hope so. <laughs> like I didn't. I didn't love Kirby's Epic Yarn. Hopefully, uh, Yoshi's Yarn uh, does it for me. You know, you could pretty easily. I'm I'm being cynical. You could pretty easily replace Kirby wholesale with a Yoshi. Because they have, they would have the exact same move set. Transformations too. Transformations too. <laughs> Yoshi's epic yarn. Yep. Um. All right. So we got a couple of letters. That was some decent news, and yeah, uh, I like that. T Tim Kai Tim eighty nine Kentucky asks, Tim. Oh, Kentucky Tim. Yeah. He's got, he didn't like, he didn't do any, hey guys, he didn't do any love the show. He just asked like five questions straight out. And I respect how direct he is. Let's, so, let's rattle him off. Let's rattle him off. Would the developers of Bravely Default be the perfect choice to make a remake of Final Fantasy VI for the 3DS? Probably. I don't Would know. Pl <laughs> Never played VI. All right. So we, have, we might not have too much to add to that one. <laughs> Get Johnny Would on the phone. Would Platinum Games be a good choice to make a Star Fox game? This is something we've all said before, yes. Uh, I think, and I was thinking about this recently, so Retro started a new project. Uh, it's definitely not going to be Donkey Kong, and I'm guessing it's probably not going to be Metroid. Yeah. Because the way they were saying it was like, maybe we'll do Metroid one day. I have a feeling that there's a chance that Star Fox might be the series they're bringing back. Dinosaur Planet 2. Maybe it'll be good this time. <laughs> I think I think there's room for a good Star Fox game on foot with dinosaurs. I agree. I completely agree. Like, there's room for the Star Fox <laughs> franchise to go in that direction. <laughs> that game just hasn't been made yet, but I agree. <laughs> uh, should there be a sequel to House of the Dead Overkill for Wii U? Uh, yeah, why not? At least they should bring out the uh, the HD remake maybe digitally i'd play it did you play the original i love the original that's good. i love it to death it's uh that's one of those vulgar for the sake of being vulgar but pretty fucking funny too mm -hmm. right oh yeah that's one of those games <laughs> i respect that uh what is your wish list 
for the 3DS successor? I, I guess this is a loaded question, so just name a couple of preferred features, I guess. Um, well, keep it the size of the XL. Okay. Um, I agree. Let's get a second analog nub on there. Because mm-hmm. why like wouldn't maybe, you at this point? Maybe room under the face buttons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it like an Xbox 360 controller or something. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, ditch the 3D because who cares? Oh, I would keep the 3D. <laughs> uh, I I think hopefully they keep it optional and hopefully they keep it next time around. Yeah. Um, if, if it's optional, I can deal with it. Uh, I want games to look way less jaggy next generation. <laughs> Because Donkey Kong Country Returns, it's a great port, it's a great game, it looks like shit on the 3DS XL. Oh yeah, that's why I haven't bought it. Also, it, it's I already have it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's probably my biggest beef with the 3DS. Some things look insanely amazing. Like, uh, I still think back to 3D Land, how it had that, ball, that Bowser Tower yeah. right before you fight him, and it's like it's got the slick rain on it. And the uh, and Resident Evil Revelations still looks amazing on 3DS. Even on the XL, that game still looks great. Oh, yeah. Kid Icarus looks great. But just make the image a lot sharper. Yeah. Just HDify it, it. If you're not going to HD it, make it look a tiny bit better than the Vita does. That OLED. Yeah. I, I hope they go OLED next time. I have a feeling they're going to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah. But maybe OLED will be cheap by then. I hope so. Sony is already getting out of the OLED game. Oh yeah, yeah. Because with the uh, the Vita two, yeah, the Slim two K getting rid of mm-hmm. uh, OLED, which makes me sad. Uh, anything else you can think of? Uh, let's make the screen so that a weird line, vertical lines, do not appear on the top screen. That would be awesome. That's starting Didn't to happen on my 3DS happen? now. So you have an original, right? I have an. Well, it happened on my original 3DS like right away, but now right, it's now it's starting to happen on my XL. Is it scarring the top? It's like, I don't know, it's only on the right side, but it's like the uh, the barest hint of a vertical line is bugging me. It's driving me nuts, and it won't rub off, and I'm just going to get a new 3DS XL and the transfer everything. Thing. Maybe the Yoshi one. I really like that. Yeah, it's a good-looking 3DS. It is. Um, Okay. Well, that's I, hopefully that answers your question a little. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Here's one more thing. The uh, there was that patent a long time ago for the 3DS to have this camera thing where you can actually like use a stylus on the touch screen. Oh yeah, on the uh, on the uh, the top screen. I mean, do you remember that? Oh, on the top screen, no. Yeah, like it was like uh, almost AR, like the 3D on the top. Like you poke at it as if you were using the PlayStation Eye. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, throw that in there. Uh, that'd be a good like uh, differentiating feature. It would. Okay, next up, should Nintendo have its version of PlayStation Plus for the 3DS, and I guess strikes this to Wii U? Uh, what they should do is they should continue the mm-hmm. Digital Deluxe program past its current expiration date of this year, and they should add 3DS to it so that when I buy, you know, Yoshi's Island 3DS, I get credit for that too. I mean, I don't think they need to do like a PlayStation Plus where you get a free game every once in a while. They just need to keep up with the digital deluxe program, but include Mm -hmm. 3DS so that you are getting a free game once in a while. But, 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. No. No. Absolutely. It's uh just extend the DDP, but charge for it after 2015. Sure. It's so yeah. weird to me that they're stopping it at all. I well, there's a chance of it continuing. I bet. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know that for a fact, but I bet. Anyways, I think the uh, although I would love to see a free indie game or something every single week, and maybe uh, a cartridge game every couple months. I just want them to bring over the sales from PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Because there are a lot of 3DS games I want to buy, like Crashmo, but they never go on sale for more than $2 off. True. And I don't want to pay 6 bucks for a game like I'll probably like. Right. Like, it's just... it's Sony makes the sales so fucking good on PS3, on PS uh, Vita, and probably eventually the PS4 that it's hard to go to anything else that's lesser than that or Steam. That's very true. I I just want Nintendo to compete a little more in the uh, the online space. Yeah, me too. All right, and lastly, uh, will Nintendo bail out of the console business or learn from their mistake no. for the next home console? I'd say uh, no, no. No for both. They're no not, for they're both. Not gonna learn yeah, and no they're not going to bail. Uh, McFlem asks, and this is our last question time. It's actually a shortened version of his last name. It's not Boogers. I, I actually had to look at that. I was like, hey, there's going to be a story behind it. Turns out there was. So as we've noticed, there's a lack of VC support. I would guess we'll never see the N64 games hit the VC, and a handful will be re-released in HD. What do you guys think is going on with the VC? Are they holding back for a subscription service or just flat out not interested in the service? Enjoying the, sh the show and appreciate the editing so I can sometimes... Skip new business games. I <laughs> want a hundred percent spoiler and impressions free. Oh yeah, I do Thanks. that. Um, I don't blame them. I don't think they're holding out for a subscription service. It would have happened by now. It would have happened with the release of the Wii U. I really don't think. And this is an NOA problem. This is not mm -hmm. NCL. This is not uh, Nintendo of Europe because they get VC games and they get them good. It's just something about NOA does not either understand or care about VC on Wii U and, frankly, on 3DS. Um, I would suspect they're struggling. I, I would bet they understand the desire for Wii U and 3DS owners to not pay for Mario Brothers 2 twice. Sure. And I would, I would bet that they're trying to figure out a way to make that work mm -hmm. because I don't think NCL understands it. I don't think they think it's a problem. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little concerning to me. I, I'm sure they know the numbers. Maybe they know the money. I don't know. I hope they know. I hope they know what they're doing. I just, I want them to put a lot of people on the VC. It, it, whatever they have now is not enough. I want no. them to double what they have now. You can have one team working on the old games, but have one team working on games that have not come out on the service for platforms that have not come out, or even that have come out. Or even like Mario Brothers 3, Island. which was supposed to come out last year. Mario Brothers 3 has not come out yet, but that is on NES Remix 2, so I have a feeling oh, it's yeah. going to come out before that comes out. They're just going to save, blow their load on Mario Re or on Remix 2. Uh, and by the way, they're not going to put a dime more effort into N64 games getting HD treatment, let's be clear. If they do anything, it'll be GameCube HD games, which they've already done and yeah. sold well. 
but we're not going to get like Star Fox 64 HD. I don't even know how that would be possible. Right. If you look at other attempts at making this generation of games HD, there's Kojima was talking about it once for the original Metal Gear Solid, and you've heard the same spiel for Final Fantasy VII tons of tons mm-hmm. of times. And basically, the gist of what I understand they're saying is that it is just too fucking hard to make that generation of games in HD. And it's way easier to make the seventh generation, oh wait, no, sixth generation, excuse me, the GameCube era, yeah. into HD. Um, well, because, you've, because you've basically, well, I don't want to say that. It's like, with with games of that generation, you've, they're, they're developed at a higher resolution. They're developed mm-hmm. on a computer. They're not developed on a GameCube. And so when they put it on a GameCube, the graphical limitations of the system take over and you, you have to part down a little bit. Um, so unless I'm completely wrong, I could be talking on my ass, but I know that's how it works on like PS2. And, uh, sure. But so you could, you know, the reason it took them six months to make Wind Waker HD, I imagine, is because they already had most of the work done was just sitting there uh and they just probably had to add you know the wii u specific features and uh some graphical flourishes but i'll bet the game already looked fine well yeah i think it's also i would imagine it is an extremely easy game to translate into hd sure Uh, just even compared to other games of that generation just based on its art style i'm sure that's true yeah um but i can totally see them I mean, this is sad to say, I can totally see them not releasing any N64 games on the Wii U. Maybe it's just not cost effective. Maybe nobody buys N64 games on VC. Sure. I bought like three. Hmm. Uh, I think I have Mario 64, F-Zero, and it's like Pokemon Puzzle League, maybe? No, it's Yoshi's Story. And that that's on Wii, right? Yoshi's Story is yeah, they're all three are on Wii. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Yoshi's Story, another Yoshi game that uh got a lot of flack for being too different from Yoshi's Island. Was that was that a good game? I love that game. That's it's good. it's you can make it as hard as you want. It's totally up to you. If it goes on the Club Nintendo, I will definitely pick it up. Definitely fun. So one last thing I just wanna bring up is that I I just wonder what would happen if Nintendo did put a lot of force into VC? What if they were constantly re-releasing games that were already on Wii with the gamepad support? But what if they were also beefing up support and bringing out tons of GBA, DS, N- yeah. N64, maybe even Dreamcast and GameCube games? All that bringing out. Do you think that would be a huge financial benefit? Are they missing something or do they just, or is it actually too risky, do you think? I think certain things are too risky. I think okay. I think N64 is probably too risky because uh, those games look like ass and there were like mm-hmm. 10, 10 good ones and they're all on VC except for, uh, no, I think they are all on VC. Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2. I, I could, oh, those are I could fun. Really use those. But you wouldn't be, really be able to get those unless you had like red and blue on 3DS. Um, they're still playable. Yeah, they're, I know. Yeah. The mini games are really fun in those games. Uh, but but for like Dreamcast, that's going to take a lot of effort, like a lot of effort. Um, and sure. 
But I don't understand why like Genesis hasn't made an appearance. It's on 3DS for God's sake. I don't know why it's it hasn't, not on Wii U. It's it's all it's been exclusively NES and uh Super and NES. Super Nintendo. It's just so weird. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe there's licensing issues that ex- expired uh with the Wii. Um I don't know. I don't know. It's it's every time I fill out a Club Nintendo survey for VC games, I say this process must be more transparent. You're driving all of us crazy. And they clearly yeah. don't listen to me. They're not doing a very good job of competing with, I guess, even Sony. I think Sony's releasing more Genesis games now. <laughs> than uh, Probably more PS1 games, too. Yeah, than Nintendo. Oh, yeah, you can get PS1 games on the Vita comfortably. You can get PSP games digitally on the Vita. Yep. I, I wish Nintendo would do that. You can I, you can buy a PS game one game once and download it to both your systems. All three? Well, no, actually, no, that's a lie. There's no uh, no support on PS4 yet. Well, actually, all three because PSP, I guess. Oh, if you PSP, still use a yeah. PSP and a Vita. <laughs> so so there's that. I just hope they figure it out, and I just hope either I hope they're just honest. I hope they either pull off the bandaid and just fucking stop VC altogether and give up. Or they make it great, because this in-between shit is not working. I would kind of like like Reggie to get up on stage at E3 and be like, Virtual Console, fuck it. (laughs) I mean, it'll hurt. We're done. It'll suck, but at least we'll know, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, so that will do it for today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, that was a good old time. That was fun. It was a good half hour. Indeed. Let's, Uh, Let's do this again. Sure. Well, let's just cut out all the other connectivity minutes. Yes, uh, I agree. The Alex and Zach hour. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, Zach is ZMiller1902. Yep. And I am at Kulafia, at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. And if you want to hear us or any other member of connectivity read your letters, be sure to send them to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Mm. Thank you for joining me, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Connectivity, where we have a special thing for you this week. 
uh, we're going to talk about a brand new Wii U eShop game that got revealed on the website earlier this week. And we have the developer of the game, uh, Seren McNulty, here talking with us now. Hello. Uh, say say hello. Hello. Um, and the name, <laughs> the name of the game is I've Got to Run. It is a, an endless runner that uses Miiverse and a lot of other cool things, and we're going to talk all about it. Uh, I'm Neil Ronahan, and also with me on the segment is Scott Thompson. Hello! So I guess uh, before we go any further, uh, Saren, take it away and tell us all about uh, I've Got to Run. Like, I guess your kind of elevator pitch about it. Okay, so I've Got to Run is a procedurally generated uh, 2D endless runner uh, with three modes. Uh, the first is Endless Classic, where um, it is just, you have a single jump, uh, you're going left to right, one speed only, and the game is generating screens upon screens of um, platforms, and you need to uh, see how far you can get. It's definitely a high-score arcade game. Uh, second mode is Endless Double which is Endless Classic, except you have a double jump. And the third is uh, Endless Special, where there are speed-ups and speed-downs that you can collect or avoid. And I guess the elevator pitch about what makes this cool between the three modes is that there's an algorithm in place where it will not give you any jumps or platforming I guess, requirements, won't ask anything of you that your character with that current skill set can't do. So there will be jumps in Endless Double that you could not make in Endless Classic, and you will only get them in Endless Double and Endless Classic, etc. Um, and it's constantly analyzing your current skill set. For instance, in Endless Special, if you're going really, really fast, uh, your the amount of frames you have to hit the jump could theoretically get so thin that you couldn't jump on some platforms, but it only gives you wide platforms. And oh, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't really notice that while playing it. Yeah, it's um, it's very specific. It could have it could make it almost impossible, but um, it's showing you one screen, and it actually is generating fifteen screens ahead, and about ten screens ahead, it is um, it has another version of you that's running perfectly, and if it can't make it, it destroys that screen and redoes it. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, so it's definitely fair. Uh, it's running 60 frames per second on the Wii U and the gamepad off TV Play. Does it run at the same time? It runs at exactly the same time. Um, okay, so and no, no Donkey Kong Country chicanery where it goes to black. Yes. <laughs> no, it runs at the same time, and <laughs> if you are in a fairly close environment, they run perfectly in sync. Uh, which some games don't always do, especially with the music. Um, yeah. And another cool thing is that if you uh, if you die, which you will, um, <laughs> then you it actually only takes one twentieth of a second for the whole for for you to start again. So it is actually imperceivable to the human eye. Yeah. No, I could definitely it never sent. It never seemed like I stopped. Playing. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. it's constant going, and there's yeah. there's never a negative feedback loop of you failed, retry, or sit there and wait for a few yep. seconds while you retry, or while you wait to retry. And the whole thing is coming out for two bucks. That is a uh, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, now, as far as Amiiverse integration with it, um, how exactly is that going to work? Okay, so uh, for technical reasons, the way it's going to work is uh, so it's recording your high scores, and in that one twentieth of a second, most of that time, that that infinitesimal amount of time, most of it is actually um, comparing your score to the high scores and saving. So that means that it's also doing the whole saving and loading procedure in that time as well. Um, Because the Wii is actually really powerful with that. Um, But it's... um, So what it's doing is it's saving your highest score for all three modes. And then on the main menu, there's a button that will take you to the high scores table, which will let you compare... Well, you see your three scores, and on that screen it recommends, hey... Why not take a screenshot of this and post it to Meverse? And then you can <laughs> post it to Meverse, and um, obviously once you have that, um, you'll be able players will be able to scroll down Meverse and see what people's high scores are. Uh, people can challenge each other in the comments of individual Meverse post threads. But also because Meverse is accessible on PCs, you can take that screenshot and tweet it at someone specifically saying, "Hey, top this." And yeah, you can call them out. Exactly. And since the game, up, send out some fighting words. Yeah. And it's because the game is only $2, if you send it to someone who doesn't already have it, it's not a huge hurdle to go in and get that game and try competing, saying, what are you talking about? You didn't even hit six digits on that score. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I guess, uh, where did the kind of the idea for this game come, and how did you even get into uh, developing games for Wii U in the first place? Okay, so I'm going to answer both of those questions in order. So, the idea for the game, I've actually, uh, Four Corner Games has never released a game before. It's just me, by the way. Um, but it's never released a game before. But I... where where the name for the company come from? Okay, you're never going to let let me answer anything. Um, <laughs> just got a lot of questions. Uh, name for the company. Uh, just I wrote down. I just took a notebook out and uh, just started running a stream of consciousness for two hours, and then came back to it a week later and picked picked the best one. Cool. Um, but it seems like more often than not, people are just like, "Where, where did you come up with that name?" I'm like, "I don't know. It kind of sounded cool." <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounded cool out of the list. Not gonna lie. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So the um. All right, now the game. Yes, the Let's game. Go back to that question. Okay, so I've been. It was actually, I guess, founded in two thousand and nine, um, right. A, not because of, but right around the time that WiiWare was in its heyday. Um, so to give that kind of perspective, that's almost a century ago in gaming. Um, because <laughs> that WiiWare's heyday was a very small window. I feel yeah, like. it was. It was like March <laughs> of two thousand. No, 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 it was. Yeah, it was like April two thousand eight to like May two thousand eight, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> when, when did World of Goo come out? It was that month. Yeah, it was like <laughs> April two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean there was the Bomberman Blast, and then Mega Man Nine came out the next week. That's true. Um, Bomberman Blast soon to become defunct. Um. But, well, no one's playing it. Uh, it was a good game. But, yeah. the um, It was right around that time. And since then, I was just sort of prototyping a bunch of stuff. Just um, on and off. This is a hobbyist thing of mine. 
And I was just kind of prototyping like, hey, what could I do, you know, in this genre? Could I do anything kind of fun that I haven't seen a lot in games? And um, the answer... The answer was not a lot, because even though um, I do play a lot of games and I review games, um, it's just, like, it's really hard to be a clever game designer when you only have one person on staff, because <laughs> yeah. if, I come, if I come up with a great concept, it also has to be a great concept that I can execute on, and I can execute on well, which is fairly difficult, to be honest. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. So... Um, I just, I have a folder that's a couple gigabytes that has about 10 prototypes that I've just made over the last couple of years. Um, but this one, I had never, I had flirted with 2D platforms, but I never really flirted with endless runners. And around last October or November is when the game started development, probably around October. Um, and by development, I meant I had a clear vision. Um, I had started tinkering with over last summer. And I, I tinkered with a physics engine, and that was over the summer. But then I came up with the algorithm that will that would allow for the game to scan, to sort of, you know, check to make sure that everything is possible. And with that, I thought, let's do an endless runner, because endless runner, never being unfair, seemed pretty reasonable to me. It's more... Endless runners seem more welcome to, like, more natural fit to randomly generate, excuse me, to random generation than uh, level-based platformers do. And Cloudberry Kingdom was already doing that. So yeah. I figured, you know what, let's just throw this in there. And I did, and it was very fun, although it was all using programmer art and temp music that I had stolen from Sonic Adventure 2, and uh, name drops. I just want to play this version of the game just to see what it was like. Oh, yeah. God. Um, it was, there was no animations. It was really, really rough. But Actually, I, th I think you might have sent me. I, you did. You did play that version of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I played it with the sound on, though. No. Damn. Um, <laughs> but it was, um, it was really, really rough. But it was, um, the feedback I was getting was pretty universally positive like yeah um i'd like to see this fleshed out and then i had the endless classic finished back in like november and i was thinking and at that point i was a registered wii u developer and i had gotten my uh stuff and um it actually only took about one day one or two days to figure out how to start natively putting it on the wii u um at this point the code is so optimized that it's really from the ground up a Wii U game. Um, but so, like, what was the kind of the the timeline on like when you, I guess, intended to become a Wii U eShop developer? I reach, and then you actually were a Wii U eShop developer. Uh, the turnaround was about four months because I reached out to them in April last year. I want to say March or April last year. Right when they were saying, basically, hey, anyone that has any experience with anything in the entire industry, come, come talk. <laughs> Do you make a video game? Yeah. Do you want to make a video game? Come come hang out with us. Um, the, the, pay no attention to the man in the corner. 
telling you that the Wii U sold three units this this week. Yeah, uh, uh, they're basically like, just come talk to us, and I did, and they were very supportive on the like they just called me out of the blue one day. This was like in August, late August. So I, I that was kind of out of my mind at that point, and I just got a phone call from Washington, and I'm like. Well, I can tell you it's Nintendo, but I thought it was like Nintendo PR. So I picked up the phone, <laughs> and they're like, hi, are you in a secure location? And I'm like, that is the best start <laughs> to any phone call. And like, uh, No, I'm in a mall. Then get out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I was in my room alone. So I was like, yeah, uh, I'm in a secure location. And they talked to me, and they asked me some questions. And they're like, you qualify, so uh, we'll get you some stuff. And then that turnaround took about a couple weeks. Uh, before I was all set up, but back to the game. Um, we're all over the place. It's like branching <laughs> paths. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, this is his doing. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but no. So the game. Um, I was. Yeah. It it took a couple days before it started becoming natively a Wii U project, and at that point, you know, the it was still using programmer art and temp music, but the the endless classic mode was done, and I was thinking, 99 cents, let's do this. This is pretty close to the end of the game, we'll have this out by, like, December. And then I started asking around, I gave people builds of the game, uh, not on the Wii U, but just builds of the game, and the feedback I was getting was pretty much unanimous. It was pretty much like, I want a double jump. I want something more. And so I was like... Screw it. Let's, what, what happened if I threw in a double jump? And I spent about a week toying with what would be the perfect double jump for the physics in the game. And I, th- and I found it. And I threw that in. I was like, screw it. Let's make that its own mode. I'm like, two modes. I'm like, yeah, but I have an idea for a third mode. If I'm already going multiple modes, I may as well have a <laughs> mode that has speed ups and speed downs. And that could affect the speed of the music and the speed of everything. And that'd be great. And then at that point, uh, I had an idea for a couple more modes. And I'm like, screw it, we're feature locking it with these three modes. <laughs> and we'll just put it out at $2. Um, I'm Part of the last couple things I'm doing, actually, is I'm uh, building in hooks for DLC uh, in case I decide to make a fourth or fifth mode in the future. It'd only be like 50 cents to a dollar. But I, I have some ideas uh, that I won't say publicly in case I don't do them. Um, but it's, um, no, so the whole thing, that's pretty much the timeline, and then I started putting in the art and the music, uh, music is being done by a, uh, friend of mine who is a Hollywood composer and usually does big cinematic scores, and so when I told him, no, we're making a very, very lighthearted video game about a little marshmallow boy jumping around, he's like... Well, this will be a challenge, but I think the music's coming out pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I especially like an, um, an endless special. Oh, thank you. Um, I like how the music slows down and speeds up. Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch, yeah. Thank it you. It's very dynamic. Yes, uh, that was part of the, like, when, by the time I got the speed ups and speed downs, it actually really got disorienting when the music didn't go with the game speed. Yeah. So I was <laughs> like, no, we're going to quickly program this in. That was really easy. Um, yeah, that's a little thing that you, you don't really think about, about how whenever there's a game and it slows down, how 
Like, the music almost has to slow down with it, or else then it is very jarring. Yeah, but, like, it, like as soon as I threw that in, I'm like, I'm never going back. This is this is absolutely a core feature of the uh, game now. And, um, so, yeah, I've been putting, building in those hooks. I've been polishing, polishing, polishing. That's really what I can, like, the word I'm using to describe what these last couple of weeks are coming down to. Um, I'm flirting with the idea of animated backgrounds. I'm not going to commit to that yet. I thought I was going to be, but I tried some different uh, techniques, and they got it got way too distracting, um, or just too eh. But and then I've, I'm experiment like I'm going to throw some sound effects in there. The current build has no sound effects, but and then for for the most part, it's pretty much done. So I'm pretty pleased. Uh, it should, it'll be coming out Q2 in North America. So that's for, uh, anyone keeping score at home. It's between April and June. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's missing March. The, March was the goal as soon as I started throwing in the extra modes. Um, March was the goal. But there were just so many things that happened that were like, March is an impossibility at this point. And I realized that about early, like first week of February, I was like, I'm never gonna hit March. Yeah. We're just gonna start saying Q2. <laughs> there um, you go, play it safe. Yeah, um, like for, first game, and you've already got like the insider talk down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, just trying to increase spending and then our profits, and profit <laughs> margins. There you go. You mentioned that you um, kind of got into this during the the heyday of WeWare. Um, was there something about the the Wii or, or Nintendo platforms in general that pushed you more towards putting this on a Nintendo platform versus, uh, you know, say something like Steam or um, you know, Xbox One, PS4, PS3, Xbox 360, something like that? Was there is there some incentive in that, or are you just a Nintendo fan and so it felt right? Or well, here I'm gonna answer your question with a couple questions of my own that should sure. really, really answer that. So the okay. first the first thing you suggested was Steam. First question is, do I want to go through Steam Greenlight? The second qu- and the second question yeah. really the second question really is how how would this game pop stand out on Steam? It that's true. It wouldn't. Um. Yeah. So that's pretty much lost. And the next question is, could you imagine yourself playing Infamous Second Son or Titanfall? And then switching out, and then going pl- to play. I've got to run on the same machine. <laughs> so it felt well, more like fair, a thematic. I might be thing. doing that and playing Towerfall, which doesn't really seem that far off. <laughs> Towerfall has a different type of yeah, yeah appeal and charm to it. It it's just that this game just feels like just conceptually feels more at home on a Nintendo platform, and I feel like that has a lot to do with Nintendo's lineage. Um. And there are t- there are two D platformers on the other systems like there's Rayman Legends on both of them, um, which still feels like a Wii U game. Uh, but like it's just I would rather th- this be on the platform that it feels right for it. Nintendo reached out at just the right time. Uh, it runs tremendously well on the Wii U. I'm not even using uh, 5% of the memory that it requires, that the system requires, <laughs> because on PC and um, Disclosure, for the what 
I think Neil and Scott have alluded to this. Uh, they've played they played a small preview version built for PC already, so that they could ask questions. But like the PC version that they have, um, was it took like 120 megabytes of RAM on PC to run, whereas it takes 28 megabytes of RAM on Wii U, because I've optimized it so heavily. Okay. So so yeah, so it was more of just a, a natural kind of maybe more thematic fit uh than any sort of uh kind of outside incentive. Yeah. Uh is what it sounds like. Okay. Exactly. That's and, cool. And then when I took that, I sort of ran with it and I got and I got a little crazy with the optimization, as as I keep saying, and I, I'm only really keep repeating that because there was literally a three week span of the development where I literally did nothing except go into the code and rewrite any line that looked like it could be optimized for Wii U. So, there was a huge chunk of time that was like, we want to make this the best, like, we don't want to make this feel like a rush job on Wii U, because it gets so few games, it may as well get polished ones. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's be real here. <laughs> Another thing is that, um, yes, for the first weekend, and this is just the first weekend, not the first week, so this is going to cut off on this... So maybe like Thursday to Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, th- Thursday to Sunday night or su- Sunday noon. I don't know when Nintendo would do it. Or Monday morning, because they might not be in the office to pull the plug, and it might be a manual thing, I'm not sure. And I can talk about that because I really have no knowledge on that right now. Um, but <laughs> So that's, that's speculative from my, my uh, position. But the first weekend, um, it's going to be 50% off. It's going to launch 50% off at $1. So, really, if you have a Wii U that's connected to the internet... <laughs> it's a buck, man. Yeah. You, you probably bought Yoshi for <laughs> close to that on, on that, that crappy NES game. Come on. Yeah, I mean... Or was that, that, was that like 33 That was 30 cents. cents. 30 cents. 30 yeah. cents. That was the Famicom okay, you, 30. You bought Yoshi, Donkey Kong, and... I don't know. What was another crappy one? Uh... <laughs> Not Urban Champion. Because <laughs> uh, Balloon Fight's actually... Eh. Balloon Fight's good. It's, yeah, well, yeah, it's I like solid. Fight. I, will, I wouldn't call yeah. it good. I would Balloon call Trip it. is kind of great. Yes, Balloon Trip is great. Balloon Fight is not. Anyways, uh, so no. Uh, yeah, I'm announcing that now. Launch, week promotion, uh, launch weekend promotion. Um, this is exclusive. Don't put it in the write-up. Uh, it's uh yeah first yeah. weekend it's gonna be we'll see how many people listen to this will be how many people are like hey it's only gonna be a dollar for a couple days yeah um no i mean after that it's it's gonna be two dollars because this is a for, actually what i what i usually do when i have someone test usually is i'll uh, give it to them i'll play it for 30 minutes 45 minutes then i'll ask them how much they think i'm gonna sell it for the answer is usually like four dollars, five dollars, and then I'll be like, "No, two dollars," and they're like, "That's a steal. I'll buy that, or I'd buy that <laughs> because they don't have Wii U, so it'll be I'd." Um, but <laughs> the um, you know, the game, I'm you know, I'm pushing it out of value for two dollars, and then I'm even more heavily pushing the value in the first weekend, uh, like. It's apparently one-fifth of the price that people were saying they'd pay for it um, for launch weekend. So imagine, think of it as an 80% off sale that's, gonna ri- <laughs> that's going to um, go back to a permanent 60% off sale. 
uh it's it's gonna be really cheap i'm my biggest fear is that people are going to uh look at that and think um that that reflects the quality of the game or the amount of effort I put yeah, into you it. Were, you were very well trained by Nintendo at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that the comment that Iwata always said that, oh, we feel 99 cent games devalue the price, devalue the quality of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, cheap games on the Nintendo eShop, there's a huge gambit. There's not so polished, not so good games that seem like they were yeah. put together in two months. And then there's Gunman Clive. Shout out. Um, yeah, Gunman Clive is... One of the best cheap games I've ever played. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so there's there's a huge gambit on uh that you run on uh Nintendo download games for that price, and I'm, I don't want to speak to it because I'm not an objective source, but I feel like the amount of work and polish that I'm putting into it is closer to Gunman Clive than some other games that I'm not going to name. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And then there's... I don't think there's ever been a 99-cent game on the eShop. I think there's games that have been on sale for that. So, for, for oh, launch weekend, go ahead and buy the cheapest... Could be the cheapest thing on eShop at the time. Yeah, well, Wii U eShop? Yes, it will. Yes. Ah, uh, for sure. So, if you want a new Wii U game, that will be your absolute cheapest avenue. Well, cool. Um, and I guess uh, as far as uh, as we kind of wrap this up, um, where do you go uh, from? I've got to run. Obviously, it's not out yet, but you are you are kind of winding down development at this point. Yeah, with develop development's um, winding down. It's getting into the legal work and the paperwork and the yeah, and the the lot checks and your submissions and everything. Yes, and the learning um, how to use Photoshop. Off yeah. for <laughs> for images and promotional artwork and yeah trailers ugh trailers I actually want to comment on that real quick <laughs> uh for trailers some of you may have noticed um that there isn't going to that there wasn't a trailer at the announcement and NWR doesn't have one and no one's going to have one for possibly a while uh and that's just because the game runs at sixty frames per second. And there's never a single drop, and anyone who's seen it can attest to this. It it is designed. This is true. It is designed around running at a solid sixty frames per second, and the issue with trailers is that recording it, um, directly from the Wii U, uh, on my Elgato unit, on my Elgato capture unit, scales it down to thirty frames per second, and if I record from the PC version. Yeah, I can capture I can capture 60 frames per second, but one that's not optimized, and two and more imperatively, putting it on YouTube is going to chop it down to 30 frames per second. So, yeah. and the game looks horrible in 30 frames per second, and I don't want that representation out there because that's not what my game looks like. So, there isn't a trailer yet. There will be at some point. Look forward to it once I figure out the hassle. Uh, but yeah, trailer, you brought that, you reminded me to bring that up. Uh, that is my excuse for why I have not worked with video editing software on this game yet. Um, it's funny, this is the reason why there's not one yet, but there will be because there has to be. So I don't want the game out with no video, no footage representation of what it looks like. That would be sketchy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess, uh, what are your kind of plans after I've got a run comes out in, in the next couple months, are you going to be making more games for Wii U? Um, well, here, here's what I can say, uh, or what I will say, cause I set my own standards on this. Um, like I said, I'm looking into DLC and if I do, that's going to be something I toy with probably around the time that I submit, uh, the game to Nintendo. So pretty much right after launch, um, I'm going to dig back in and see if I can make some of these modes um i'm kind of excited to see how they pan out from an actual gameplay perspective um and then i have uh three prototypes running uh or that i'm or games that i'm prototyping in my spare time uh when i'm not working on i've got to run because there's a little fatigue at this point with that game and i've sort of hit a lull and like you know this hour i'm gonna take a break and work on this game um, yeah. so I've, I'm going to, I'll talk about one, hint at another, and leave the other completely behind closed doors. That sounds like a really good way to end this segment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the three things, and these are all, these are all for Wii U, um, two of them, I'll, I'll get, to, I'll get to that later. Um, so the first one is actually the one I've been most public about because I've tweeted at Zach Miller about this a lot. Um, I have a prototype running um, on Wii U and um, other systems, question mark. You, you might find out if I ever make this. Um, of a 2D sprite-based game with... Um, similar to the art style of I've Got to Run. So, like, not retro sprites, but just, like, high high-res, cartoony sprites, um, where the idea is it's like a suburban neighborhood, but everyone's mode of transportation is getting on dinosaurs and riding them around. <laughs> um, you can tell why I tweeted about this. That is Zach the Miller. slackest game I've ever heard. Um, and, well, there's no rests. Um, okay. But... No boobs, but dinosaurs. I feel like the <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've got it running, and it's very fun. Uh, but the issue is I haven't come up with an actual game or, like, a motivation for it yet. So that's one sitting in a folder to see if I come up with something. I'm definitely revisiting that because it works and it's fun. But if I just release it as a sort of sandbox, I wouldn't feel satisfied personally. But I have that as a prototype. Um, another game I have... Uh, this is... That's what I'm be most open about. This one I'm being very coy about. Um... This one is ex would would be I don't want to say is I'm not committing would be exclusively on Wii U because it's desi integrally designed around communication between the gamepad and the TV. So there's no off TV play. Um, it would use next to no graphics. Musically, there would be very little, but there would be a lot of voice acting. And it would use the touchscreen, the camera, and the gyroscope. <laughs> and the code name is Ghost. Okay. So hmm. I'm also mm, I'll I'll throw one more bit out there, and that that is narrative driven. And that's all. That's all I'll say about that. I'm still pro all right. I'm still prototyping you, you it. Have my attention. Yeah, I'm still prototyping it. Uh, no idea if I'm going to continue with it, but 
if I do, you can expect it's only coming to Wii U because it's something that can only be done on the Wii U. Um, you know, Nintendo should make some games like Nintendo that. Nintendo should, <laughs> but I, I came up with this concept uh, about three weeks ago, and I got something up and running within 48 hours that used the gyroscope and the touchscreen and two different displays. So I'm feeling kind of confident about the, being able to do it. It's the... Also, it would be a very long development process. Like, it would be in development for maybe about a year and a half. It yeah. would be an expansive game. It would probably be a $10, $15 game, not a $2 game. This would be a big thing. Uh, and then the third one... So that's kind of, I mean, what you're looking forward to, or looking to do more in the future, is make bigger experiences than I've got to run. Yes, possibly. The dinosaur thing might not turn into a that much bigger experience. Uh, but this, this one, if I do make this, I guess, codename Ghost... As I've just announced, I'm calling it. Um, it it that specifically would be immediately disappointing in a short as a short small project. That would be a yeah. multi hour long, like maybe like eight nine hour long experience. Um, don't want to talk too much about it publicly. And the final <laughs> thing, I will not say anything about other than if it does come out yes it's coming to wii u because i, f okay, I feel cool. like that's the only thing that like that's the thing that people are w would be worried about and i can confirm that if any of these three prototypes get made it is coming to wii u well there you go nintendo for life <laughs> yeah i've had let's go get our tattoos later yeah yeah <laughs> with with one exception that i can't talk about i've had nothing but great experiences developing for wii u and working with nintendo on it so that is certainly good to hear yeah so nothing but positive i really shouldn't say too much because apparently even complimenting them could have the nintendo ninjas at my door so <laughs> i'll just well then maybe it's best i'll say thumbs up for life up. yeah thumbs up for life yeah. let's go <laughs> <laughs> let's go get our tattoos and um you know uh if you have any questions feel free to hit saran up on twitter uh her name is okay at so there's at sycoraxic98 which is my personal at s-y-c-o-r-a-x-i-c-9-8 alternatively uh you can follow at four corner games for updates on the game that's me more more professional account and if you're just looking to interact with me in the context of the game that is the account to follow Cool. And then um, if you have any questions, you can also, uh, you know, feel free to, to hit us up at connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com. And if you uh, send us any listener mail or anything um, and it's questions, then you can send them over her way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, get some answers. Maybe maybe there'll be some interviews up on the site or something. Yeah. Uh, kind of a follow-up. Um, we definitely uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this. It's uh, it's our first exclusive game reveal in quite some time. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's fun. If any, if there are any press who are listening, to, happen to be listening to this on the Play and Ride Two GDC, there are none of you I know, but I thought I'd address this anyways. The game <laughs> will be present and playable at GDC in some fashion. Hit me up. There you go. Cool. Awesome. Um. So, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to the game. As do I. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
March Madness Tournament. That's uh, celebrating Planet GameCube slash Planet N2000 slash Nintendo World Report's 15th birthday. Um, what we're doing is we have, uh, you can vote on the site. We have 68 games in total. By the time you're listening to this, uh, we might actually be down to 32. Um, but uh, they're all games from the time that Nintendo World Report has been around since uh, early. Uh, we kind of fudged it a little bit. Uh, technically, Nintendo World Report was born on March 7th, 1999. Uh, we included all of 1999 in this, although I don't think there were really many games that are going to make noise on this bracket that came out between January and March 1999. Um, but now uh, me and, and Donald Terrio, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's from uh, Nintendo Free Radio, uh, all around man about Twitter and the forums. Um, and he's going to talk with me, Neil Ronahan, about uh, who we think is going to go far in this uh, in this tournament in which when you're listening to this, you can go on and vote in whatever round is going on right now. Um, it's going to wrap up by the end of March. Uh, we're not going to bleed over to April like a certain other March Madness tournament. Um, but uh, we're just going to go very slavishly and didactically through every single region that we have. Um, so let's start off with uh, the first region that we have, which is the Planet Zebes region which is led by the number one seed, Metroid Prime. Uh, the, the top seed's there. It's Metroid Prime at one, Perfect Dark at two, Majora's Mask at three, and uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee at four. But um, I guess, Donald, let's look at the uh, the first couple matchups there. Metroid Prime's going to kick the crap out of Pokemon Gold and Silver. I think that that is pretty clear. Yeah, I I personally am rooting for the Meteor on this one. I'm, I think that Pokemon Gold and Silver, despite writing more about it than anyone in history, is probably the most overrated game Nintendo's ever done. Yeah, I agree. I actually kind of fought against Gold and Silver even making it into the uh, end of the list, and it wound up being a 16th seed, so I guess fair justice. Yes. Uh, Metroid, Metroid Prime, yeah, pretty easy walkover for that one, although... Well, stranger things have happened in this tournament, but I've never seen yeah. a 16 beat a one, so I don't yeah. see it. Don't see it starting now. Yeah, um, and I think I think Prime is a very clear favorite to to win at all. I mean, that uh, the game's coming off winning the NWR Game of the Decade, uh, the best game from 2000 to 2009, um, and I, I think it is it is the the high favorite. If there was an odds maker for this tournament, which there is not. Um, Metroid Prime would be like three to one or something. I don't know. I don't know what odds are. I guess it'd be the equivalent of the number one overall seed in the yeah. tournament. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they they came out of the regular season, going to their conference Metroid tournament, uh, winning the tournament, uh, basically being an overall Wichita State, but in a better conference. Um, for anyone that actually follows NCAA basketball, uh, go Syracuse. Hey. 
<laughs> um, we got the nine and the eight seed, which I think might be more of a toss up. Uh, but the winner is just going to get stomped by Metro Prime. It's New Super Mario Brothers on the DS and WarioWare Twisted. I I think there's a bit of a hate on against new, the New Super Mario games, so I think WarioWare is going to come out of this one. It, it'll yeah. lose in round two pretty hard, but yeah, I think Twisted is also the best WarioWare game. Um, I I think in a just world. WarioWare Twisted wins this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some voting voting Mario bias, that kind of people who haven't played WarioWare, um, you know, just vote for New Super Mario Brothers because that's the one they played. Or it could kind of reverse, it can kind of work in the reverse way where people are bitter over the New Super Mario Brothers series and vote for Wario, WarioWare despite not having played it. I I must confess I might end up in that category when the, when the ballot's open. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, Metroid Prime will definitely win win that little section, though. And uh, we get a little more interesting as we get away from the one seeds. Um, we got this little this little coupling here. We have the twelve seed Kid Icarus Uprising, and the five seed a Link Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. Two 3DS games matched up in the first round, and I think A Link Between Worlds is a lock to win this round. I know it. I know that's the one I'll be voting for. It was my handheld game of the year last year. And yeah, same here. It was my. It was my. I think technically Wind Waker HD might have been my game of the year, but as far as game that was actually new in 2013, it was totally a link between worlds. Yeah, so that'll do well. I've got some theories about the Zelda balloting on the forums, but we'll get to that when we get into more older games. Oh. oh. (laughs) Um, And then we have the 13 seed is Mario Kart Wii, and it's going up against Super Smash Bros. Melee. Well, I love Mario Kart Wii. This is Melee's round to win, and I think the Melee will go on to beat A Link Between Worlds as well. Yeah, I've uh, I've got Melee going all the way to the finals. Wow! So you think Melee is going to take down Metroid Prime? I yeah, I can. I think there's a couple of upsets in the Sweet Sixteen or whatever we're calling it, and I think I Melee. Know, I, don't know. I haven't come up with. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Tournaments. So I don't know what the hell I'm going to call it. Yeah, but I think. I think Melee has gotten enough of a push in recent years, especially now that it's in that there's yeah. a big campaign to get it into Evo, that there could be some outside forces working to push that through. Like yeah. I've got it all the way to the finals before it meets. Well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I think that Melee is going to put up a hell of a fight, but I, I think it's a, uh, I think that's Prime's uh, portion of the region to win. Um. I, I like I said I think I think Prime is the favorite and I don't think Prime I don't think Prime's going to get stopped um on its way to the final four. Um I think the only thing in its way is actually Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um because as we'll now go over the bottom half of this bracket. Um I think the 2 seed um is one of the weakest 2 seeds in the bracket not because the game's not that good but because I don't think there's really a lot of support for for Perfect Dark which mm-hmm. is going up against Jet Force Gemini in round one, which is a nice N64 pairing. But uh, I think Perfect Dark is going to win that round, but I think that Perfect Dark is going to get upset in round two. Yeah, I've got I've got Perfect Dark beating Jet Force Gemini, but going down to, well, another upset, actually. Oh, you think? do you think Ghost Trick's going to pull it out over Donkey Kong Country Returns, the 10 and the 7 seed? It, not much of an upset, but I think Ghost Trick is beloved enough, and there's still some residual hatred over the fact that Retro is doing platformers, that yeah. it it could come back and bite DKC Returns in the in the tush and have Ghost Trick advance. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be pulling for Ghost Trick. Uh, that will be that will be my vote for certain. 
Um, but I think Donkey Kong Country Returns is gonna gonna win that and then beat Perfect Dark, and then possibly even uh, I, I think I think Donkey Kong Country Returns has a chance of going up against Metroid Prime, which would be a really good uh, good finale to this region, having two Retro Studios games go up against each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, we have an interesting matchup, um, which I think needs a little bit of background. Uh, just so everyone's aware, we have we have sixty eight teams, and if you're familiar with the NCAA tournament, you know that there's usually you know four regions of sixteen teams making it sixty four. However, in recent years, they've had these play-in games, and this is basically my excuse to include some more games in this because uh, we picked four from each of the past fifteen years, giving us sixty games, and then we had four to play with, with like you know games that didn't make it in the particular particular year. But we had we had a lot more of those games than I expected, so then we made it sixty-eight, and we had a wild card round. Super Mario Three D World was in that wild card round, and they, that game just happens to be in this bracket. Um, yeah, as we record this, uh, I guess stranger things have happened, but Super Mario 3D World is up about 60 votes on Luigi's Mansion. Um, so I think Super Mario 3D World will be going in to face The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask in round one. And I think that 3D World has the potential to run the table in this entire region here uh, and go up against Metroid Prime. I've, well, I I do agree. I think that if worst comes to worst, our community manager, J.P. Corbin, who has 3D World as his best game ever, will just threaten to ban everybody. So it, so 3D <laughs> World will advance that way. Yeah. But that and the forums, we recently, in, a, in coordination with the top 10 poll that you got, that the staff did, the forums had their own poll for best Zelda game ever. And Majora's Mask was fifth. So I just don't think it has the forum support to to survive 3D worlds, if assuming that's the way the matchup goes. Yeah, yeah, because I know there's a lot of love on a uh, on Majora's Mask, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think it has enough to uh to make it to make it past 3D World. I think 3D World, despite having some some jerks on staff that really really lobbied hard against it when we had the internal thing to to figure out the the four games from each year. Um, I think that ended with Justin Baruby saying, uh, if 3D World doesn't make it, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, thankfully, he didn't follow through with that, and suicide isn't funny at all. Um, but that was something that was said during the meeting. It got heated. It got very, very heated. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, an, I, I, there's, some, th- there's some games I'm questioning their lack of inclusion here, but I'll just save that for the NFRIT at some point. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can go over that at the end because I'll, I'll be curious because it's, it's someone on the outside compared to me, you know, organizing this entire thing. It was a really wacky process um, for certain. And we can get into that a little bit uh, as we get through this. Uh, but just wrapping up this this region, uh, the last game is Mega Man 9, an 11 seed against Metroid Prime, a three seed, or a six seed, uh, Metroid Prime 3. And I think Mega Man 9 could win that. I don't yeah. think Prime 3 is as beloved. Yeah, um, I- I think all the Metroid love in that bracket's up at up at the top, so yeah. I have Mega Man Nine pulling the upset, and then, well, getting upset on its own in the in the second round. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think this bracket's going to be, it's it's Metroid Prime's to lose. Um, I think if Metroid Prime beats Melee, going to the final four, and I think uh, the the going up against it in the regional final, I think it'll either be 3D World or Donkey Kong Country Returns. I think Donkey Kong Country Returns. Um, I don't think there's as much residual hate towards Donkey Kong Country Returns. I think there might actually be more at 3D World. I think there might be. Well, 
there wasn't as many counter picks to 3D World for Luigi's Mansion as I expected in the wild card round. So maybe 3D World will still win that, but I think Primal will come out ahead. I've got, yeah, like I said, I've got Melee all the way to the title game, so I I think it's got the support to to possibly pull that off, and it'll take out Link Between Worlds, Metroid Prime, and 3D World to get there. Yeah, I think I think it'll it'll be Metroid Prime or Melee representing, but my pick is Metroid Prime. So let's move on to the Umbrella Division. Uh, it's headed by uh, the top four seeds here, Resident Evil 4, uh, Twilight Princess, Soul Calibur 2, and Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, we got the first matchup is Mario Golf on the Game Boy Color versus Resident Evil 4. I don't even think that's going to be a competition. I think Resident Evil 4 will win. Mm, I don't know. It, it, could, it could be closer than, than we think, but I think Resident Evil will pull that one out. Yeah, I think Resident Evil 4 is probably the weakest one seed in the, in the entire bracket. Um, and I, but I, I think it'll, it'll win here and I think it'll win in the next round too. Um, the eight and the nine seed in this bracket are the legend of Zelda, the Minish cap Pikmin two. I think Pikmin two will win that one. And I think it'll, I think Pikmin two will put up a fight against Resident Evil four, but I think there's just, there's too much ambivalence towards Pikmin two and too much, uh, just everyone, thinks that Resident Evil 4 is a great game. I don't know how much wild love it's going to get in our in our community, but I think that Resident Evil 4 will will make it to the the Sweet 16. I actually I I think there's actually a little bit more love for Pikmin 2 now that 3's come out. So much so that I have Pikmin 3 or Pikmin 2, I should say, making it to the Sweet 16 over Resident Evil because wow. RE is such a weak one seed that I think Pikmin 2 can pull the upset. Yeah, I think this might be just. I think this is the weakest bracket in the in, out of all four, um, and I think it all comes from that that one seed. Uh, we got the the twelve and the five are Rhythm Heaven on the DS, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Um, I think Kirby can win that, but it might be close. Yeah, I I've got Kirby moving on there, and it. I think it'll be a little bit closer than you would like, given that you gave Epic Yarn a ten. I I, I did indeed love Epic Yarn, and probably the reason. My Epic Yarn is a five seed is because of me. Um, how we figured out the seeding was uh, we took the Nintendo World Report review score and averaged it with the Metacritic of each game. Um, so that's probably why Kirby's Epic Yarn is a five seed. Mm, that that might explain a few of the snubs, actually. But yeah, well, well, that wasn't how we figured out each game. Um, oh. We figured out each game by having a series of staff meetings where we'd have people nominate games for each year and then we'd argue about it internally and vote um to find out what games would move on and then once we had our our pool of 60 games then i i seeded them by the average of the nwr score and the metacritic score which actually had like there was some there were a handful of games that had like the average of their nintendo World report score and their metacritic score was in like the high 70s so it was kind of weird what games moved on yeah and and then the next the next matchup is one I'm surprised has a Metacritic score for one of the games. Yeah. Well, I think I think for Ogre Battle 64 there was no NWR score, um, but the, I think there is a Metacritic score for that game. Um, and then it's up against Xenoblade Chronicles, or as I like to call this pairing the James Jones Sophie's Choice round. Yeah i I know what I'm voting for because I actually enjoyed Xenoblade. I didn't really get into Ogre Battle 64 yeah. all that much when it was retroactive, but it here's your here's how crazy this bracket is. I think Xenoblade advances to the final four out of it. 
I, I, I do too. I mean, I, I think this bracket is that week. That's, that's my pick. Um, I think that Ogre Battle 64 is, is a hell of a game. It's just such a dense game. Um, like I, I messed around with it. I had a friend who had it when I was younger and we played it and I got into it, but I never want to go back to it again. Um, it's just not something it's like, it, like I understand why people like that game so much. And I listened to the retroactive for it and it was, it was a good time and all, but I don't want to go back to that game. And Xenoblade, I think, is a masterpiece, despite not having finished it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Xenoblade's gonna gonna win that round, and it's gonna triumph over Resident Evil Four and make it uh, to the final four here. Yeah, I have a very interesting Elite Eight opponent for it, but that's a few matchups down the road. So, yeah. well, let's get through that then. Uh, we got the eleven seed is the Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures uh, versus Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Um, which is a six seed, and I think Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga will be the Elite Eight opponent for Xenoblade Chronicles. Ooh, interesting. Um, I just, I just think the rest of the bracket is weak. Um, Soul Calibur Two, I don't think as a three seed, I don't think it really has the cachet. Um, I also think that probably Nintendo fans are a little bitter that these series only appeared in a shitty Wii game. Um, since then, that uh, people might not hold it in such high esteem anymore. So do you think it it survives the wild card from that from this um, bracket? It's looking this is actually the closest wild card matchup right now, but it's looking like Paper Mario is going to pull out over Beautiful Joe. Um, I don't. I think Soul Calibur Two will beat Paper Mario. I don't think it'll beat Mario and Luigi. I I don't know. I think there I think there's enough love for Soul Calibur Two that I think it can it that. That six three matchup of Superstar Saga and Soul Calibur two is probably the closest of the whole tournament. I think. Yeah. And I think Soul Calibur pulls it out by a couple of votes, and then it gets stomped by well, the next matchup. Oh, so there's Animal Crossing New Leaf, a ten seed, a pretty low ten seed, I thought. And uh, number seven is Elite Beat Agents, and I think that might be probably the most interesting matchup in this entire region. Um, I think Animal Crossing will pull out ahead though. I have I have Elite Beat Agents winning this one and then going to the Elite Eight, and then and then losing the Xenoblade. I take it. Yep. I could. I mean, this is this is really a toss up to me because I think that Elite Beat Agents has enough love and support, but I feel like it might be one of those things like WarioWare Twisted, where just not as many people played it, whereas Animal Crossing New Leaf is going to be fresh in everyone's minds. Yeah. I I know I'll be I know I'll be voting pretty heavily for Elite Beat Agents just because it's one of my favorite DS games. So yeah, no, Elite Beat Agents is a masterpiece, but I also think New Leaf is kind of a masterpiece too. <laughs> I I know you have your hatred for Animal Crossing, damn it! But come on, it was fun. Um, we got uh the 15 seed is Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies, um, which is the 3DS game that holds the distinction of being the game that knocked out 3D World. Uh, from the you know the the regular tournament and making it a wild card, uh, there was a lot of grassroots supports for Phoenix Wright, and I think despite Twilight Princess being a really weak two seed, I think it'll it'll lose to Twilight Princess, but then Twilight Princess will lose to Animal Crossing or Elite Beat Agents. I I don't know. Twilight Princess never really got that last Zelda game bump that it seems like Majora's Mask and Wind Waker got. Where yeah. they got really loved after the next game came out. Definitely, I actually had Phoenix Wright advancing. Yeah, I think I think regardless of whoever wins that one, they're they're losing in the next round to Elite Beat or or Animal Crossing. Absolutely. So then we both have Xenoblade going to the final four in this bracket. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and I don't really think I, I don't think a lot of people will disagree with this. I think there's a chance RE4 might might edge it out, but I doubt it. I think that uh, especially with all the hype for X, I think Xenoblade's got got a pretty clear path here. Yeah, I I have Xenoblade tripping up. I think Xenoblade's toughest match, honestly, would be the Elite Beat Agents or whatever the regional final ends yeah. up being. Whether it's Elite Beat or Animal Crossing or or Mario Luigi. Actually, I think Xenoblade would kick the crap out of Mario and Luigi, but I think it would have trouble against Animal Crossing or Elite Beat. It 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 that'll be an that'll be one I'll be sitting back with some popcorn for. Yeah, yeah, I I expect. Uh, and when you are voting in this, you know, bring bring out your teeth, shit on the other game. It'll be fun. I'll have a laugh. None of us made these. Um, so we got the Mushroom Kingdom division, which is headlined by uh, Galaxy. One as the number one seed, Advance Wars is the two seed, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time is the three, and Fire Emblem Awakening is the four. Mm. Um, let's start off uh, Pokemon Snap, which is a uh, one of the games that I lobbied very hard for to making it in, into this uh, into this tournament uh, from the '99 years. Um, will get destroyed by Super Mario Galaxy, and I think Super Mario Galaxy will march to the final four. I I think it's going even farther than that. <laughs> I've do got, you think Galaxy is going to win it all? I think Galaxy wins the whole thing. Yeah, for for me, it really comes down to Prime and Galaxy. I think those will be the two duking it out. Um, for the nine and eight seed, we got Pokemon Black and White and Mario and Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story. What do you? What's your take on that one? I I want Black and White to win, but I don't think that any Pokemon game outside of Generations 1 or 2 would have a chance. So I've picked Bowser's Inside Story to advance. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of... I almost feel opposite on that, because I, I kind of want Bowser's Inside Story to advance. Uh, that's that's my favorite for the Mario and Luigi series. Um, but I think that Pokemon Black and White will get enough. So I think that there's enough Pokemon fans that at least one Pokemon game's moving on, and that's really the only one that I think is in a position to do so. Yeah. Um, but then, then they'll lose to Galaxy. Everything loses to Galaxy in this region. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got the, the 12 and the 5 is Phantom Hourglass versus Eternal Darkness in the 5 spot. And then the 13 and the 4 are Animal Crossing on the GameCube and Fire Emblem Awakening. Who do you think makes it out of that one? Uh, I got Eternal Darkness versus Fire Emblem Awakening. Shock. And I, I, I think Fire Emblem Awakening, I, I agree with that. I think Fire Emblem Awakening will go up against Galaxy and be the toughest matchup that Galaxy has until it gets to the Final Four. Yeah. That's pretty much how I had it going. Um, Phantom Hourglass, that's pro- that's divisive enough on the staff. I'm actually surprised yeah. it made it. I am too. <laughs> I I did not lobby for Phantom Hourglass. I think that was one of the weak years. Like, we realized, like, there were, you know, I think it was like 07 and 08 just weren't really that strong, and that's when Phantom Hourglass was. I think it was 08. Uh, Phantom Hourglass was 07, but I, oh, okay. I, and I actually had two games that I was shocked didn't make it, but the, one from of them 07? Is, from 07, yeah. What were uh, they? Uh, Hotel Dusk and Planet Puzzle League. I with both of those, it's just that there wasn't the critical mass. I think if you were like if you were to ask me which is the better game, I would say Planet Puzzle League or Hotel Dusk. But the problem with those games is that not a lot of people on staff or even outside of the staff has played those games a lot. Yeah, like I, there... I think hotel. I think hotel dusk was dominant. I don't think Puzzle League was. That, yeah, but... That's basically a sign that Mike Sklens wasn't heavily involved with this 
because he is a huge puzzle league junkie. Yeah. Um, and we got the eleven and the six here are Tales of Symphonia uh, and Super Mario Sunshine. I think there's an outside shot. Symphonia can uh, can beat Sunshine here. Yeah, I I actually figured the the fact that Tales of Symphonia just got its HD remake means yep. that there's a lot more there's people that have played it remember how good it was and then remember that the GameCube version was apparently better better frame rates and all that than what we've got now on PS3. So <laughs> uh, I guess I shouldn't play that then. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I never I borrowed it from a friend on GameCube, so yeah. I'm curious to go back to it. But. I'd say it's definitely worth playing. Just understand what you're getting yourself into and yeah, don't... it's based on the PS2 version, right? Yeah. Yeah, and don't get the whole and don't get the combo set with Dawn of the New World. Just buy it separately on PSN. You'll save okay. your, you'll save yourself a lot of hassle that way. <laughs> um, and we got uh, the wild card likely for this is Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. Unfortunately, the WWF No Mercy, which was a potential Cinderella team coming in, um, but their 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 dream ended against Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, which I think could give Prince of Persia Sands of Time some fits, but I think Prince of Persia will still edge it out. Yeah, I had I had Prince of Persia actually go into the sweet go into Sweet Sixteen, but I was shocked when this game was a three seed. Yeah, well, I mean, you know why is that when it came out, it was beloved, and I think it got a ten at MWR too. Fair enough. Um, I mean, that's that's a lot of the reason why I I I don't think it's a strong three seed, but it is a three seed. Yeah. So, for the for the ten and the seven, we got Professor Lightning in the Unwound Future. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I think New Super Mario Brothers Wii is going to take it, but I love me some Unwound Future. Yes, Unwound Future is definitely my favorite latent game so far. I haven't, I haven't actually played uh, Azrin Legacies yet, but yeah, I, I again, it boils down to for whatever reason the New Super Mario games they seem to have more of a hate than maybe we give them credit for. So I actually had latent coming out here and then losing to Advance Wars. Yeah, I think Nintendo Land. I'm. Nintendo Land is one of those games that made it in because 2012 was kind of weak, um, but I think it'll it'll lose to Advance Wars, and I think Advance Wars has a pretty good shot to make it to the Elite Eight. I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of people missing that series now, and I think the fact that it is in this tournament um, might get people thinking about that series again. But there's no way in hell it beats Galaxy. Absolutely not, unless something unless somebody hacks the forums. There's no yeah. way Galaxy loses. Yeah, I think I think yeah, it'll be Galaxy and Prime. Uh, right now we have we have our, our predicted final fours. Is you know, well, you think it'll be Melee, uh, Melee, Xenoblade, and Galaxy, and I think it'll be Metroid Prime, Xenoblade, and Galaxy. Yeah, and, and I don't and think now, I think we're pretty. I think we'll probably be equal on high on the high rule region as well. I think I think this one's way more wide open. Now, maybe not necessarily wide open, but I think that there's. There's a couple close matchups here that that could make this interesting. Um, mm. In the Hyrule division, it kind of worked out nicely. Um, the number one seed is Wind Waker. The number two is Skyward Sword. Number three is Galaxy Two, and number four is Super Smash Brothers Brawl. And I think that any of those teams, or any, uh, well, I think Skyward Sword will not make it. Um, I think Skyward Sword could go far, but I think I think it could get down to Galaxy Two versus Wind Waker. Um, that, and I think the only reason why Wind Waker would win is because of the recent HD version. Yeah, I have Wind Waker going to the final four. Although we're probably skipping ahead here, but I actually don't have Skyward Sword making that at the first round. 
Yeah, now I can see that. Oh, we'll 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 do it different for this region. We'll we'll start from the bottom and go up. Uh, the 15 seed is Super Smash Brothers for the N64, and it's going up against the two seed Skyward Sword. And I kind of agree with you. Yeah, it it got the high seed because we have two tens at NWR for that, as I, for Skyward Sword, yep. as I recall. Yes, but I still I I will be voting for Skyward Sword. I know yeah. that much, but I I would not be surprised if Smash Brothers pulls it out. Yeah, and that's and that's another forum demographic issue where I think Skyward Sword finished below the Oracles when on the forum yeah. poll. So there I may- know, I mean, because when we did our Zelda list for for the staff, um, I think Skyward Sword was like three, but a lot of that came from you know there there's me and a couple other people on staff that hold it in very high regard. For me, it's well now now it would be my number three Zelda game. At the time, it was my number two. Um, right after Wind Waker. Now, Link Between Worlds and Wind Waker are my top two Zelda games. Um, but there's there's a lot of people on staff who hold it in high regard, but I don't think that's going to translate to too many too many victories in the tournament. Yeah. And, I don't know, just original Smash Brothers seems like something that could, that could pull an upset, and actually I had it going to the Sweet 16 over Pikmin. Yeah, I think Zero Mission is going to be Pikmin in the matchup of the 10 and the 7 seed. Um, but that also, I mean, that that really depends on how much love there is, how much love and fondness there is for the Metroid series compared to the Pikmin series, and I think there's more for for the Metroid series despite Pikmin three being more recent. Yeah, I had, I think, I think Pikmin's recency, that and the fact that Zero Mission is an enhanced remake, but a remake nonetheless. I think it'll, I think Pikmin will at least pull off one victory, and they'll be happy with that. Yeah, I think I think Zero Mission is a chance to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, but I actually think uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the pairing of the group of games that will face this face the winner from this little region in the uh, the Sweet Sixteen here that has Pokemon Diamond Pearl at eleven, which I think will get stomped by Super Mario Three D World at six, and then we have uh, what is looking to be Metroid Fusion as the wild card against the three seed Super Mario Galaxy Two. I think it'll be Galaxy 2 and 3D Land in a, in a bloodbath that will produce the game that goes to the uh, lead eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I think well, 3D Land will get will walk over Diamond and Pearl because really, I don't think Diamond and Pearl would be the best representation of that era of Pokemon to begin with. I'm more yeah. of a, a platinum man because at least that game has a good frame rate. <laughs> and yeah, whatever whatever ends up winning that that wild card. They've they've got to face down Galaxy Two, and that's not a fight you're going to win. Yeah, I, I've yeah I've got Galaxy Two into the elite into the elite eight at least. Yeah, I mean I I think that I think that Galaxy whoever wins from Galaxy Two and 3D Land is is facing Wind Waker in the finals, unless unless Wind Waker gets gets uh, upset by Super Smash Brothers Brawl, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Brawl's the four seed going but against the first Professor Layton in the first round, which I think it'll win handily. I I put down Professor Layton actually winning this just because I think people's I I worry that the forums are stained enough by the memories of the bad online for Brawl. Yeah, but there's always that like there's always that handful of guys that whenever we decry the online on a podcast, it comes in and it's just like, hey, the online's still really good. Now that it's resting in pieces in the end of May. Yeah, we might we might uh. Stay tuned, guys. We might be doing some fun stuff with the Wi-Fi connection, uh, doing some community nights as it wraps up. So, I th- yeah, I think you're right, though. I think Brawl advances, but it it actually, I have it losing to the winner of the 512. 
Yeah, um, which is Donkey Kong Jungle Beat at a 12, and Punch Out for Wii at a 5, which is another 5 seed that's inflated by me giving it a 10. Um, I think I think Jungle Beat's going to beat Punch Out as much as I love it, although I, I would love to be in a world where Punch Out wins that matchup. Yeah, I think e- EAD Tokyo has a real unfair advantage in this tournament. Namely, but, I mean, it was weird because when we when we did the uh, when we determined what games were going to make it, Jungle Beat was like the last one in from its year. It was it was very nearly out, and I was really surprised. And I think what it is is that while everyone loves EAD Tokyo, I don't think that many people played Jungle Beat in comparison to Galaxy One, Two, and the Three D Land and World games. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes against it, but I, I I still think it'll beat Punch Out, but I think it might be a hard matchup against Brawl or Professor Layton. Yeah. Either way, it'll be hard. I think I think whatever I think though whatever wins that five twelve will actually it'll it'll advance at least to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, it, I mean that very well could happen. Um, we have the nine eight game, which is basically whoever. Well, I don't think New Super Mario Brothers U is going to win that. It's going up against Star Wars uh, Rogue Rogue Squadron Two Rogue Leader, um, which I don't think will be able to beat Wind Waker, which is the one seed going up against Wii Sports. Um, but it might put up a good fight. Yeah, I th- yeah, Rogue Leader will probably do very well against Mario U. I maybe I maybe I'm over I'm underestimating what Wind Waker can do against it in the second round. But I I think you're right. It could be closer than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. So then, are we in a, agreeing that uh, Wind Waker is going to win this region? Wind Waker is going to win win the region, but it's going to be one hell of a fight with Galaxy Two at the end. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be pretty crazy if Galaxy 1 and Galaxy 2 were going up against each other in the Final Four. But, um, so now we get to the Final Four, and uh, my, I mean, the only place that we differ is you think uh, you think Melee is going to beat Metroid Prime. Right. Um, but then we have Xenoblade, the four seed, uh, Galaxy, and Wind Waker, both one seeds making it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Prime's going to beat Xenoblade, and I think Galaxy will beat Wind Waker. And I think Prime will beat Galaxy. I, th- I think it'll win it just like the game of the decade. Yeah, i i have uh, I have Melee beating Xenoblade, Mario Galaxy beating Wind Waker, and then Galaxy wins the whole thing. Yeah, I I, I think it'll be down to Galaxy and Prime. Yeah. But uh, all right, so now that we're uh, wrapping this up a little bit, I know you mentioned you uh, you looked at you you looked at the seedings. Uh, what I guess what are your comments about uh? what games got snubbed uh i've i've got a there's a few here that i there was a few here that really stood out as i'm surprised that they missed uh for for instance i i am shocked you weren't able to get super monkey ball in for 2001 even though 2001 is stacked yeah (laughs) i mean that that was the problem with that is i i think monkey ball was there but it didn't really make it too far actually gonna bring up the uh the google doc that we had with everything yeah, because because um, I had because I had three. That's the only one I had. Th- I have three listed for two thousand one and two thousand ten. Two thousand one with Monkey Ball, the Oracle Zeldas, and the original Paper Mario. Yeah, um, I know that. I know that Paper Mario. I mean, that just doesn't have that much love. I I think retroactively. Um, I think Thousand Year Door is the one Paper Mario game that still gets love and support. Yeah. Let's see ahead. For 2003, I see Prince of Persia on there, and once again, it manages to upstage Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, um, 
I think Beyond Good and Evil was another game that too many people uh, didn't really play in comparison to Sands of Time. Um, it, it was it was one of the like Soul Calibur Two was the last game in in that year, but but Sands of Time wasn't too far behind it. Yeah, and I think I think probably the the one I got directly asked about on Twitter was for 2006 Mother Three. Uh, th- we did we did not include Japanese imports. I figured that much. Yeah, and- we were actually on the fence of whether or not we were going to include Bravely Default, uh, but we kind of made the call at the end that. By the time we did this, uh, not many people on staff will have even beaten it. Yeah, I so, I still haven't even beaten it. I'm I house. haven't even I I bought it. I haven't even opened it. Um, I've been busy with moving in other games. Yeah, I intend to play it. Yeah, and I'm, when we do the twenty five year tournament, I don't know. Maybe it'll be in it. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. There, my own personal my own personal bugaboo is lack of the world ends with you in 2008 over yeah. curious village or I, I am actually shocked that Mega Man nine made it in. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that I don't even feel like I can explain. Um, 2008 was one of the weak years. And, uh, I mean, brawl was the, the kind of the only slam dunk and then everything else was very much up in the air. Um, I was kind of shocked that there was a lot of support for late one. Uh, that was uh, I'll, I'll refer to that as James Jones effect. The James Jones effect. Yeah. Um, he pushed heavy heavily for every Layton game. Uh, only two of them got in. Uh, Mario Kart Wii was a game that I kind of fought for because I I think that's the best Mario Kart game and and it's the only one that even made it um, in the in the field of sixty. Um, and, and just at all. Yeah. Um, and then Mega Man Nine. Uh, I think just there was enough people on staff when we were talking about it that just loved Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, I, the World Ends with You is a game that I really need to play. I uh, indeed you do, sir. I played it years ago. Um, did not really enjoy it, and then put it away. And I don't know if people remember. I think it was it might have no, it was a connectivity episode, but it was an early connectivity episode. And we've been doing 130 of these. It was it was probably two 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 years ago at least. Um, where it was me, Patrick, and Scott talking about games that we thought that would become classics that were from recent memory. And they both talked up The World Ends With You a lot. So then shortly after that, I bought it. Uh, it's been two years. I put it in for five minutes because I bought a used copy to make sure that it worked. That yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. It, go, it goes next to my unopened copy of Dragon Quest VI uh, and my, my used copy of the second Advance Wars game. And my uh, I finally played 999. A while yeah. ago, um, yeah, and actually, I, and I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I would, which is weird because I love Danganronpa. Yes, and yeah, and and twenty ten, the other stacked year, I had I had nine 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 Trauma Team, which I'm actually shocked James Jones didn't push for that one, and Dragon Quest Nine, but I Dragon Quest Nine was like one of the last games out that year. Yeah, I I could see it maybe getting in over one of them getting in over Unwound Future, but. You're not dislodging Epic Yarn. You're not getting rid of Galaxy Two, and, and, not and get... yeah, DKCR is not getting out of there either. Yeah, yeah. Unwound, Unwound Future was one that I fought a lot for because that that is hands down the best lightning game I've played so far. Although once again, I haven't. I'm about more than I'm two thirds of the way through uh, Miracle Mask, and I haven't played Asmund Legacy. I've heard Asmund Legacy is fantastic, but uh, that story would have to be one of the best I've ever seen in a video game to trump Unwound Future. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Because for me, I mean, the latent games, it's like there's a base level for quality of puzzles that everyone has met. And with each progressive entry, you know, they kind of clean up stuff over time and, you know, make the puzzle stronger. Uh, but for me, what kind of separates each one is, is how strong the story is. And I think, uh, well, well, once again, I'm not done five. I think three and four were the two strongest stories. I, I honestly don't remember the story much of four, but I, I, I should... I should probably go back and watch it because I still have to finish. I, I still have to play Asrin Legacies as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in number four, like, I, well, I think that with Layton 4, that it starts off where the story kind of is, like, dumb because it's all, all, all basically a lot of coincidences to get Luke and Layton together. Um, but then, like, the last third of that story, I think, is, is really good. Yeah, but, like, there's, an, there's enough enough games I've got listed here that like I said I, I might just throw a an NFRIT in the forums just have the the rest of the snubs maybe the I, wild, I, I the would wild. very much enjoy that I would support that uh, yeah I'll, I'll you, wait you till... can put it in my new my new March Madness child board that I made on TalkBack oh excellent <laughs> so it'll make it so that way when 32 polls go up it doesn't take over the forums that much <laughs> yeah I'll 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 put what I have down there and hopefully maybe there's some games that even I forgot when going through the list. But yeah, yeah. yeah we could even we, we could call it out. Um, if you uh, if you're listening to this and you think there was a game that got snubbed from our list, um, you know, send it in to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. And if there is the NFRIT, then uh, I'll, I'll pass it on to Donald to include it. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully I did a good enough job picking out the ones, but I think there's enough there's enough there that we can probably stretch this to 32 and <laughs> and run it at the same time, just like the regular NIT does. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I can't really think of too many other snubs for me. Um, I'm surprised Mutant Muds, uh, given the staff's love for that game. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was just another victim of a pretty strong year. Although Nintendo Land made it that year. Like, really? <laughs> Thank you for I saying that. Because everyone played it. Yeah. I th- and we have what five or what four or five reviews for Nintendo Land because of the way you guys. No, there was up. only one. That was because I I was smart and made sure that what well, we had four people on one review. Uh, okay. Yeah. Twenty because twenty twelve. I I know what game I'd put in there, but I'd be the only one to pick Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah. Well, I mean that's. I didn't I didn't like nine nine nine. I didn't finish it, but I think I might just skip it and go to Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah. I've I've heard that's okay to do. Uh, well, now that they've got the if you've got the appropriate smartphone, they're putting out the novel version. I think it is something you at least need to play the ending sequence of because uh, okay. it does use the DS in a way that really only the likes of Canvas Curse could approach. <laughs> it does make me want to try that again. But yeah, um, that is a uh, that's our March Madness. Uh, going through everything, uh, we'll probably get together and maybe actually have Zach Miller or another person on and discuss it when it gets near its conclusion. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting thing, and I think, well, well, I think that our predictions for the Final Four aren't really going to be too far off. I think what's going to be interesting is a lot of the early games and, and what games kind of sneak into the you know the, the round of sixteen or the round of eight. Yeah. And I, I think the the statistic I'm most interested in is seeing how many people get banned in the forums over at. I've, yeah, I've, it, it could be bloody. Yeah, I've, I've got the over under on. Be fun. Yeah, over under two and a half just on the Xenoblade Ogre Battle matchup. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a knockdown dragout fight. I I can't wait. 
Uh, it's going to start. Uh, <laughs> actually, the first round will probably be over by the time you hear this, because um, yeah. it's running from Wednesday, uh, March twelfth, to I think the end of the fifteenth. So, hurry, uh, listen to this quickly, and then, um, and then vote. If not, then then vote in the round of thirty-two. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, on behalf of me and Donald, um, I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, let us know what you think. If you have any. What's your take on the March Madness tournament? Uh, send us some listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget, you can send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. And if you've got a moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Another thing I want to mention real quick, uh, the entire podcasting industry is currently being assaulted by patent trolls, which really sucks. Basically, these jerks own some patents, and they sue people, and they expect them to settle out of court, and that's how they make all their money. Um, They don't really do anything. They just own this patent and use it to generate profit. So they're pretty evil. Um, Please visit fundanything.com slash patent troll, and you can learn about the podcast Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Some podcasters have joined together, and they are fighting them in court, so hopefully we can get it stopped forever and your favorite podcasts won't have to end. Thanks again.